Welcome to the Subin Show. In this podcast, I try to dissect spectacular concepts and bring it across to you. In this episode, I am going to discuss about something that I stumbled upon. I was just listening to one of my favorite uh, biohacking podcasts by Dave Asprey called The Bulletproof Radio. He had a guest in that podcast. His name is Jamie Veal. He is an amazing author and he recently published a book called Recapture the Rapture. The way he explained certain concepts in that podcast made me hooked. I really wanted to understand what he's trying to tell. I just got this book and I read it and it just blew my mind. The concepts discussed in this book are amazing, super beneficial, super super controversial. Anybody who's planning to read the book should be very very aware of uh, certain things it's a very dangerous book but the concepts that are discussed makes sense at least at this point of time it definitely makes sense i thought in this podcast i will discuss uh, about this book and uh, certain concepts that are discussed in this book and then try to put in my ideas and correlate things in the end i will be letting you know the summary of what he has to say in this book this book is all about how to survive the meaning crisis the title of the book is recapture the rapture before i narrate the summary of this book i would like to tell you in advance that you know not every concept in this book is something that i believe on most of it i loved and it made sense a lot of things made a lot of sense i am somebody who looks for answers all the time so it was able to answer a few intriguing questions that i had in my mind so recapture the rapture rethinking god sex and death in the world that's lost its mind According to Kurt Vonnegut, you can trace any story by the rise and fall of the main character's situation. Vonnegut noticed that the shape of the Cinderella story was particularly compelling. It starts down, goes up, then really down, then really up. Today when crazy geopolitics, extreme weather, famine, refugees, war, super viruses, cyber terrorism and existential despair clog our news feeds and all defy simple solutions, we seem to be in the really really down part of humanity's story. The smart and best informed among us are freaked out and the rest of us fill flop between anxiety and pretending it's not really happening. But the next part of our Cinderella story is completely up for grabs. We have the chance to write the next chapter the collapse of meaning we are living in a time of narrative collapse professor john vervok calls this the meaning crisis but if you look back we can divide humanity's history of meaning making into different eras meaning 1.0 when we found faith and comfort in organized religion religions offered and still offer salvation to the believers Meaning 2.0 classical liberalism and secularism. The idea was that markets, democracy and civil rights would bring us into a world where everyone is entitled to a fair shot at the good life. But both religion and classical liberalism are collapsing around us. They continue to promise a beautiful future, but they are losing believers by the day. And as meaning 1.0 and meaning 2.0 have collapsed, rapture ideologies have rushed in to fill the vacuum in meaning. A rapture ideology shares four key beliefs. The world as we know it is broken and unsavable. There is a point in the near future where everything is going to change. My people will be saved, redeemed on the other side of the infection point. So let's get there as fast as possible without much concern for the world we are leaving behind. Some examples of these rapture ideologies are Mars colonization will save us. My doomsday shelter will save us. 
artificial intelligence will save us jesus will come back and save us the singularity will save us the five dimensional awakening will save us bitcoin will save us <laughs> these are different skins of the same program the great big turning point is just around the corner for instance according to the few research foundation 58 percentage of american evangelical believe that second coming of jesus christ is going to occur before 2050 consider that for a minute save for retirement no point transitioning of fossil fuels why bother saving endangered species why play god when he's coming back soon enough low trust breeds extremism on the whole we don't really trust our secular institutions anymore trust in meaning 2.0 is eroding in many areas many people don't trust banks numerous scandals funded terrorism 2008 collapse etc etc silicon valley social media is horrible for our self esteem worse for democracy catholic church pedophile scandals and cover ups news and media biased coverage constantly sowing division and stoking tribalism doctors over prescribe pharmaceuticals neglect the power of nutrition placebo and alternative therapies as things fall apart we are seeing a migration to the extremes on one hand you have fundamentalists digging deeper into this ideology meanwhile the nihilists are numbling themselves out one doom scroll at a time and the people stuck in the middle the moderate the curious and the spiritual but not religious nuns have no particular place to go we are fighting each other when we need to cooperate we are not really stepping up to the occasion to solve the challenges of our time instead of cooperating as a species we are raging against each other in culture wars both the far left and the alt right want to control the narrative around the western legacy and its relation to evolutionary biology in order to advance their goals the left wants to tear down the western canon because they see it as the origin of contemporary oppression they want to censor biology in case contemporary findings on race or gender become weaponized and to be fair popular narratives of the past 400 years are rife with scientific argument propping up despicable things like the institution of slavery chemical castration of homosexuals and wage gaps between men and women on the flip side the alt right doesn't want to tear down the west they foolishly glorify it powering up their fever dream aryan patriarchy one semi iconic reddit post at a time #becausearistotle and because science Both sides are missing the most critical insight of all. A careful study of biology highlights just how fragile, rare and precious the humanist experiment really is. Evolutionary biologist Brett Weinstein notes that Homo sapiens have evolved two forms of cooperation. The first ancient form is based on genetic relatedness. We work together with people with similar genes as us. The other kind of cooperation is based on various forms of reciprocity. It is much newer and much more fragile. Starting 10,000 years ago, when reciprocity-based cooperation breaks down, we default to gene-based cooperation. Backing people against the wall who have a genetic basis for cooperation is very dangerous because history tells us they may turn into a genocide menace. Please don't break civilization. Oxytocin is indeed the love drug, but few realize that this isn't the whole story studies show that boosting oxytocin increases envy it increases gloating oxytocin can bias people to favor their own group at the expense of outsiders harvard immunologist katherine wu says oxytocin also plays a role in ethnocentrism increasing our love for people in our already established groups and making those unlike us seem more foreign we regress under stress put simply tribalism is destiny 
humanism is optional on either side of politics anyone seeking to smash the system no matter how righteous or justified is at a profoundly important and structural level on the same team alt-right neo-nazis actually have more in common with far-left radicals than either would be willing to admit a new study in the journal hillion found that people on both the far left and the far right scored statistically higher in the dark triad of personality types narcissism machiavellianism and psychopathy if we tear apart now when we should be urgently uniting it will dig in and say i refuse to cooperate with those not like me until i get my due then we increase the likelihood that we all get hurt badly on either side of politics anyone seeking to smash the system no matter how righteous or justified is at a profoundly important and structural level on the same team how to design meaning 3.0 meaning 1.0 was all about salvation for the faithful religion has always promised inspiration healing and connection but it did so while raising up a select group of followers who deserve such benefit while punishing the non-believers on the contrary meaning 2.0 has been about the equity and inclusion we invented democracy the bill of rights and the classically liberal ideas of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness of course the west has fallen way short of meeting these ideals for women indigenous populations and people of color but there has still been an upgrade in the operating system we are no longer in religious monarchies but it's important to note that when the west started replacing religious guidance with science and liberalism we lost a lot too when nietzsche declared that god is dead he meant that we achieved inclusion but at the expense of salvation we got the vote for fridge and smartphone but we forgot what it was all for we lost our moral foundation and were left with god shaped hole in our hearts not altogether a bad thing but the burden of creating our own sense of righteousness wrongness truth and sacredness is heavy if god did not exist volatile observed it would be necessary to invent him The new atheists like Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins initially celebrated the collapse of religion but we have lost many of the pro social elements that faith used to convey religion as a cultural meme has served for tens and thousands of years because it conveys an adaptive advantage according to few research foundation believers are generally wealthier healthier and happier than non believers it might be time to reinvent religion this is meaning 3.0 Meaning 3.0 needs to be broadly relevant and locally adaptive. To do that, it should borrow three design criteria from scientific modernism: open source, scalability, and anti-fragility. History is littered with the stories of joyful ecstatic experiments, violently suppressed by powers that be. Someone discovers a direct route to liberation that threatens to cut out the established middlemen and they are rarely welcomed with open arms. Try to storm heaven and there's almost certainly hell to pay. <laughs> the whirling dervishes of Sufism have been persecuted for centuries for their refusal to bow down to external authority. Shakers, Quakers and Mormons all had to flee their homelands to pursue their more direct and experiential faith. To counter this predictable suppression of transformational movement is simple. Widely share recipes that enhance individual and communal sovereignty using ingredients that are easily accessible, democratize transcendence. The meaning 3.0 flywheel. The Sacred Design Lab at Harvard Divinity School distills faith down to three core elements. beyond becoming and belonging three essential nutrients to human flourishing or put another way inspiration healing and connection the ancient greeks called these three ecstasis catharsis and communitas 
they are how we wake up grow up and show up let's take them one at a time inspiration inspiration serves as an essential counterweight to the crushing life's a bitch and then you die monotony of existence packs of macaw monkeys have been observed overlooking food fighting and procreating to gaze at an especially gorgeous sunset over the savanna people who experience reliable access to peak states report having greater overall life satisfaction than those who don't and it's not just fleeting inspiration that happens in these peak states insight pattern recognition and lateral connections all spike when the neurophysiology of ecstasy comes online we find ourselves less distracted more attentive and more inventive in these states ecstasy also called flow can come from meditation dancing or snowboarding down a mountain the practice is different but the inner experience is similar healing the second nutrient we all need the world breaks everyone said hemingway and afterward many are strong at the broken places but those that will not break it kills we all suffer micro ptsd nearly all the time having a way to digest the grief rather than choke on it is essential as besson van der kolk writes in his brilliant book the, the body really does keep the score whether it's the absolution of catholic confession the ritual forgiveness of jewish yom or the cathartic suffering of lakota sun dance ceremony religion has always provided ways for us to mend and atone connection religions connect people to a community in this book together the former us surgeon general vivek murthy writes we have evolved to participate in community to forge lasting bonds with others to help one another and to share life experiences we are simple better together the technical term for this kind of togetherness the profound and healing kind is what anthropologist victor turner calls communitas it means the merging with the collective that transcends our personal separation the founder of daybreak radha agarwal calls it collective joy these group experiences happen when individual decision making merges with a collective intelligence that experience is up to three times as rewarding as isolated peak experiences the technologies of transcendence let's get practical five of the most potent and accessible physical drivers to shape consciousness and culture and help us build meaning 3.0 are respiration breath work can shift our physical and psychological states embodiment our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems play a huge role in our health well-being and stress resilience sexuality if we don't procreate we die so there are tons of neurochemical drivers baked into our system to ensure we do substances humans and most other animals routinely seek to shift states as part of their learning growing and mending music music can amplify any of the other experiences from ancient chants to cathedrals to chain gangs to concerts music has accompanied us on the journey of human civilization virtually all societies strictly channel access to these techniques of ecstasy into improved forms sex for procreation but not recreation intoxication for stress release but not epiphany music to reinforce order like army marches and church hymns but not for revelry like elvis and the grateful dead no civilization worth its salt has in tightly prescribed access to these five forces otherwise nothing remotely civilized would ever get done so how do we build a framework where we don't misuse these ecstatic technologies 
Our responses will roughly align with one of the three personality types, the hedonist, the confirmist and the purist. The hedonist is generally all in on optimizing their ecstatic experiences. Their challenge is knowing when to stop. Beware unearned wisdom. Carl Jung once cautioned, infidelity and addiction are their Achilles heels. Breaks to slow their pursuits are their missing links. The purist tends to prefer the earned wisdom of meditation yoga and prayer to the more volatile approaches wheatgrass and elixirs are their substance of choice their catchphrases my body is my temple pride is their achilles heel gas to accelerate their growth is their missing link the conformist the conformist tends to defer to established authority regarding what ecstatic practices to follow they might willingly have their child on a methamphetamine for add but consider psychedelic therapy frightening Compliance is their Achilles heel. Steering out of the ruts of conscious opinion is their missing link. Notice which persona feels more true for you. The hedonist values pursuing the fullest range of experience possible. The purist values sanctity for mind and body. The confirmist values expert advice and evidence. If we can integrate these three orientations, we'll be stronger and more effective technicians of the sacred. We can remember who we are through sublime peak experiences. We can mend our broken parts through cathartic healing and we can choose to connect as couples, communities and citizens. That's the challenge before us to build a meaning 3.0 that can endanger ecstasis without addiction, catharsis with indulgent self-help and communitas without the cultness. Coming together like this might just give us a chance to brave the difficult road ahead with conviction and courage together. So in the end, Recapture the Rapture offers an invaluable roadmap for transformational consciousness and culture. Filled with practical tools to harness our healing, reclaim our inspiration and connect to each other for the road ahead. This apocalypse is far more complicated than end times usually are, but Jamie navigates the complexities and rigor and merciless wit. He is one of those writers who frustrates my desire to make despairingly generalizations about non-indigenous thought. It's a highly personal, richly informed and culturally wide-ranging meditation on the loss of meaning in our times and on pathways to rediscover it. A neuroanthropologist maps out a revolutionary new practice, hedonic engineering that combines the best of neuroscience and optimal psychology. It's an intensive program of breathing, movement and sexuality that mends trauma, heightens inspiration and tightens connections, helping us wake up, grow up and show up for a world that needs us all. This is a book about a big idea and the idea is this. Slowly over the past few decades and now suddenly all at once we are suffering from a collapse in meaning, fundamentalism and nihilism and filling the vacuum with consequences that affect us all in a world that needs us all at our best diseases of despair tribalism and disaster fatigue are leaving us at our worst it's vital that we regain control of the stories we are telling because they are shaping the future we are creating to do that we have to remember our deepest inspiration heal our pain and apathy and connect to each other like never before if we can do that we have got a shot of solving the big problems we face and if we can't, well, the dustbin of history has swallowed civilizations older and fancier than ours. This book is divided into three parts. The first, Choose Your Own Apocalypse, takes a look at our current meaning crisis, where we are today, why it's so hard to make sense of the world, what might be coming next, and what to do about it. 
it also makes a case that many of our efforts to cope whether anxiety and denial or tribalism and identity politics are likely making things worse the middle section the alchemist cookbook applies the creative firm ideos design thinking to the meaning crisis this is where the book gets hands on taking a look at the strongest evolutionary drivers that can bring about inspiration healing and connection from breathing to movement sexuality music and substances these are the everyday tools to keep us wake up grow up and show up aka how to blow yourself sky high with household materials and the best part they are accessible by anyone anywhere no middleman required transcendence completely democratized the final third of the book ethical cult building focuses on the tricky nature of putting these kinds of experiences into gear and into culture because any time in the past when we have figured out combinations of peak states and deep healing we have almost always ended up with problematic culty communities playing with the fire has left a lot of people burnt this section lays out a road map for sparing a thousand fires around the world each one unique and tailored to the needs and values of its participants think of it as an open source toolkit for building ethical culture in recapture the rapture we are taking a radical research out of the extremes and applying it to the mainstream to the broader social problems of healing believing and belonging it's providing answers to the questions we face how to replace blind faith with direct experience how to move from broken to whole and how to cure isolation with connection said even more plainly it shows us how to revitalize our bodies boost our creativity rekindle our relationships and answer once and for all the questions of why we are here and what do we do now in a world that needs the best of us from the rest of us this is a book that shows us how to get it done reading this was an experience by itself some of the ideologies that are mentioned and some of the examples that i've given and some of the answers that are given in this book are absolutely amazing if you have listened to few of my previous podcasts you will be able to understand that you know i focus a little bit on the concept of abundance mindset that again is the cult that we need to work on and in this book there are some tools that have been used the conceptualization and usage of those tools can be easily done to frame something that is spectacular that can change the world i feel like at this point of time meaning 3.0 is what we are looking at and having an abundance mindset with all these tips and tricks can completely change everything for everybody that can actually solve most of the problems that we have and i hope you like this podcast i certainly enjoyed making this podcast and i hope you like it if you like it please go ahead and uh, subscribe to my podcast and i urge you guys to please express your opinions through your valuable comments i would like to bring in some more amazing concepts in this podcast so please do support and uh, i'm sure if you had uh, somehow reached till now it might bring a small change at least it might inspire you to look this book out with that i would like to conclude this is subin signing out thank you